And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and yes, as always, we're definitely working on your financial freedom. Today's show is going to be focused on passive investing and some thoughts essentially regarding uh, we need to be more aware today of what we're doing. We need to be more involved in our research on some of these passive opportunities. And I say that compared to passive investing in the previous seven or eight years, not that many of us weren't very focused on passive investing and, and paying attention, but I believe that the opportunities, whether within Lifestyles Unlimited or any one of these thousands of other syndicators that are out there that are now feeling the burn uh, in the past, everybody seemed to be doing so well that, honestly, there are some passive investors that became very lazy. They just figured, hey, we'll throw money at this and, and, and we'll be fine. In fact, there's a, a saying, there's a saying in investing, it says, a rising tide lifts all boats and boy has that tide been rising from 2012 up until about the early part of 2022 or i actually pin it uh, i think that tide started to flatten out in december of 2021 but regardless of of the time frame there's also a corollary to that saying and it comes from most likely the greatest investor of all time uh, a guy you may have heard of his name's warren buffett and he says, yes, and when the tide goes back out, we see who's swimming naked. And, and let me tell you, there's a lot of people that are swimming naked, and it's not a pretty sight. Uh, I can share that my personal investments, my passive investments, the majority are doing well, if not quite well. But I will also share that I have some concerns for a few of them, and I've, I've got one. Look, none of us are immune to this. I have one that I have major concerns. Now, I could point to reasons where I failed on that, uh, and we're not going to get into that. If you want more information, feel free to email me, askmikeluinc.com. But I take sole responsibility and sole ownership for for my investing. But many folks out there, um, I don't want to use a cruel term, but I, I think they've become somewhat lazy and they didn't analyze properly or, or vet their investments or vet the lead. Uh, in some of the ways that we're going to talk about later in the show. And I brought a passive investor from Central Texas just to help me share uh, those important points and, and strategies. And this is a, a, a very prolific passive investor. He's invested in, he and his wife, he and his wife or a team have invested in 45 passive deals from Central Texas, Dustin Cross. Dustin, thanks for taking the time today. Oh, Mike, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, and I will tell you, I really I get a lot out of your wisdom and your thoughts, uh, and I want to thank you for sharing that. But as we unpeel this show, why don't you start and, and share a little bit of background uh, about you and your, your wife, your investing team there? Um, I'm my wife, Sandy, and I'm Dusty. Uh, we, uh, we met in Hawaii back in the mid-'90s when I was in the military and stationed out there, um, and we started doing single-family from Hawaii. Uh, we bought a condo, or Sandy already owned a condo there in Hawaii that we turned into a rental and then uh, we bought a duplex in Corpus. That was our 
our first investment property from Hawaii. We bought that and managed that. Wow. Well, it was 30 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and the amazing thing to us, we just had a conversation about it. We didn't even have the concept of cash flow. The extra money we made from our rent, we were paying down the mortgages. You know, we were kind of following that Dave Ramsey <laughs> and not even realizing about cash flow. And yeah. so we joined Lifestyles almost 10 years ago in the beginning of 2014. We learned, oh, cash flow. We just spent 20 years of owning rental properties and not even realizing we had cash flow. There's Yes, and there's so much to cash flow and leverage and all these other concepts that, uh, frankly, people will tell you that is, is the wrong way to do it. And those are the same people that have never owned real estate. Well, I was going to ask you what came first, uh, joining Lifestyles Unlimited or the, the fact that you own rental property and you answered that question. Um, how brave was that? Whose idea was to buy a property in Corpus while you're living in Hawaii? Uh, well, my parents lived in Corpus at the time, so it, it was all Sandy. Uh, okay. When we, started, when we started dating, she had a beautiful condo in Waikiki, and I lived in a little two-story Roach Motel walk-up, and she realized <laughs> she, she moved into my little Roach Motel. Oh. She rent out her beautiful condo for a profit. Okay. <laughs> and uh, then we were coming to visit my parents in Texas and decided, you know what? If we bought a rental house here, we could write off these trips back and forth to visit family in Texas. And so... Uh, that was our first investment property, and we've been buying and investment properties ever since. Wow, I love the entrepreneurial spirit and, and the way to dig in. Um, brilliant. Great thoughts on that. Like, hey, we want to visit your parents. How can we write that off? We're familiar with rental property. Um, that's fantastic. So take me to Lifestyles Unlimited. How did you all discover that? Uh, was it you or, or Sandy? How'd that happen? Um, that was a, another friend of mine from Hawaii, a guy that I was in the military with. He uh, had been taking me to stuff for 30 years, every kind of self-help seminar you can find. He, he took me to all of these things, and nothing ever really stuck. And then in the end of 2013, he asked me if I wanted to go down and see this seminar down in San Antonio. And he took me to a case study, a lifestyle case study down in San Antonio in 2013. And I was like, hey, this actually makes sense. I, I like this. And so I, I got Sandy, and we went to a case study in the beginning of 2014, and she was all into it, so we went ahead and joined and became preferred members right away, and that's how we learned about lifestyles. Y'all were brave enough to purchase a house in Corpus Christi all the way from Hawaii, uh, I mean, very, very far away. Uh, I think that takes a lot of guts. Um, I like the entrepreneurial spirit uh, that uh, engaged y'all to, to take those steps. Now, you joined Lifestyles Unlimited. How long was it until you participated in that first passive opportunity? When we joined Lifestyles, uh, we were very conservative. We, we knew real estate was a good answer, um, but we weren't sure that this wasn't a scam. So uh, we were very slow. Uh, it took us about nine months to get into our first passive deal. And then our first four years, we were very active in Lifestyles, but we only did three passive deals in our first four years uh, and very small investments. And then we waited to see, you know, is this real? Um, during that time, we watched friends of ours in lifestyles become very successful um, in those deals. You know, one of those deals, we put $10,000 into a deal down in San Antonio, super small investment, um, yeah. being overly conservative. That was a 350% return. Ooh, uh, we did nice. another uh, investment in, down in New Braunfels so that was a 240% gain for us. So we realized you know, that this is, this is real. And in 2018, you know, we joined in 2014. It was 2018 when we decided, you know, passive investing, this this is real. 
and we got serious. And so our 45, 42 of our 45 deals have happened since 2018. Um, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were very conservative, too conservative, really, because that was 2014 to 2018 was a home run time to be investing. And we were sitting on the sidelines watching it happen instead of getting involved. You know, we share some similarities. I was overly conservative and, and I joined Lifestyles at the most basic level. And it took me uh, at least maybe six or seven, maybe nine months. I'd have to go back and look at it. But it took me a while to buy that first uh, single family property, even though I had previously purchased a single family property. I just couldn't get over you buy the ugly house and rehab it and turn it into something great. Uh, but your preferred investors, you waited nine months uh, and then you did three deals in four years. I just feel that I, I think it's extremely brave to buy a, a house in Corpus all the way from Hawaii and doesn't take as much maybe sticking your toe in the water to get into passives. Um, but you did get rolling in 2018, and that's when I got rolling. Um, let's go to what I'll call the conversation du jour, the conversation of the day, and it seems to revolve around risk. I mean, the market conditions were definitely in an opposite condition today than we were just a short period ago. In fact, this morning I was reading a, a note from a lead on a potential opportunity, and he turned in his second letter of intent at a lower price than his first one, right? They asked for best and final, and he came in at less than he had previously, which is, I mean, that's unheard of compared to where we've been uh, historically. But, Dusty, a lot of people from 20 to 22, including myself, invested in, in deals that had adjustable rate loans. Why, why do you believe that we were kind of blind to that fact? And I'm not saying they were all bad. I mean, some are very good and they've been fine, but uh, it just seemed like that that was the deal of the day and, and we were just pushing ahead. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, we got greedy. So uh, values were going up so fast and you know, we were starting to have deals that were selling and the prepayment penalties were so high that we were losing massive chunks of our profits to those prepayment penalties. And the lenders started telling us, you know, hey, if you get these short-term adjustable rate loans, you'll be able to realize those gains with no prepayment penalties. And so we decided, you know what, let's, let's get all that and we can realize all of those gains and not have to worry about these you know, yield maintenance and prepayment penalties. Yeah. And we, we, we got greedy and we started doing those and it was great until the market changed. And now there are some people that are gonna be left holding that bag and it's going to be very painful for some people. Yeah, we did get greedy. I mean, I was full steam ahead. I invested a ton in 2021, and, and not all of those were adjusted rate loans by any means. Not all of them were bridge. It was a lot of first-time investors, smaller deals. Um, I'm always happy with doing that, some second-time investors. But, yeah, yeah, we were uh, – it was a feeding frenzy, right? Um, it, every, the market was just going to go up and up and up forever until the minute um, it didn't. So, yeah, that, that paints a better picture of the financial motivation uh, for many investors out there. We were actually, you know, Dell for the last four expos, um, you know, Dell's been telling us, you know, don't do these short-term adjustable loans. Um, so I was, we were saying that we're lucky. We kind of kept that in the background and we did not do very many of those short-term loans. We've really focused on, you know, five to 10 year debt. And so we only have a handful of those short-term adjustable or just short-term loans. Not all of them are adjustable. Um, so we were listening to Dell. He was telling us to be careful, and a lot of us were going to the back of the book and kind of ignoring what Dell was telling us. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I did get his message, sell the dogs, and I started uh, liquidating a lot of my single-family properties um, from 2020 through 2022, and um, one of the best moves I ever made. I mean, the, the, the houses... Houses that I purchased in the past, and I was like, yeah, this is just a, it's a single, it's a double, it's a good, it's a step forward in real estate, turned into grand slams. I mean, some of the stuff we were selling in 2021, um, 2021, my houses appreciated 23% in one year. And I, I should have recognized the bubble at that time. I was taking advantage of it. Um, that's for sure. We're on this email thread, and, and I want to say I really appreciate you, some of your thoughts. You did say, um, don't invest just because the lead was successful in the past. What do you mean there? Um, well, the, we all grow. So a big part of that is you know, when the lead first starts, you know, their first couple of deals, they're learning how to do it. Um, they're listening to their mentors. They're getting all their education, they're, and they're buying smaller properties that don't give them as much return. And so they have a different motivation. They've got to work hard and really be well at those properties. Um, but then when a lead gets a little bit bigger, they can have enough properties where they, they have enough money coming in from that property that they don't have to work as hard, um, which is good for them. They, they're, you know, they're moving up. They're growing just like we're growing. Um, but just because you know, their first or second deal were home run doesn't mean their new deal is going to be a home run. Plus, the, the economy changes over time. So we have to just kind of pay attention to that stuff. It does. My name is Mike Harrison. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Want to continue the conversation inside the community? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook. Stay up to date on upcoming events, market trends, member stories, featured podcasts, real estate wisdom, and more. You can even join us a couple of times a month as we go live with our case study events right on Facebook from the comfort of your home. Get online and get in the know. Turn listening on the radio into participating in the community. Like and follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison. We're having a conversation around passive investing in multifamily properties. If you don't know what that is, essentially within Lifestyles Unlimited, we'll teach you how to buy your life back, right? Whether through single family properties or multifamily properties. How do we buy a multifamily property? That's beyond the reach uh, or even the scope of thought for most people out there that we can buy an apartment complex, right? Well, what we do is we have a lead investor. You may know that as a syndicator, but within Lifestyles Unlimited, we will call that person a lead investor. They'll identify an opportunity, a multifamily property that has some upside to it, right? They recognize within their business plan, hey, we could make this better. This is a business. We can improve the operating income. And if you improve the operating income, you improve the value of the asset. And that asset may be anything from $4 million to $50 million. So the lead investor obviously doesn't have that kind of money. He finds out what he needs from the bank. And to gather his portion, he gets a bunch of folks like us and my friend Dusty Cross that's on the show here today and says, hey, here's a business opportunity. What do you think? Here's the metrics. Here's how I see the vision of the property moving forward. 
are you in? Are you with me? And, and many of us will say, you know what? I like that. I like where it is. I like the fact that you have a sound business plan. I like you as an operator. I'm in for $50,000 or I'm in for 100000 or, or whatever that number is. So that's passive investing in a nutshell. And we teach that here at Lifestyles Unlimited. But that sounds so general, and it's not that easy. There, You have to do your side of the deal, right? You have to be educated. You have to analyze the deal properly and make sure it fits your strategy. And there's certain things to, to look for. Now, Dusty, you had mentioned what you look for in a deal, and you call it the four Qs. Curtis Haynes, one of our mentors, came up with the three Qs. Can you share uh, when, when someone says to you, hey, Dusty, what do you look for a deal? And, and you mentioned these four cues. What are those and, and what are those all about? Sure. So the, the, the main things I look at, uh, you know, the most important, absolutely most important thing for us is the lead, the syndicator. We call them the operator, the, you know, the person that's running that, that deal. Um, that's our number one most important thing. We've got to get our, we do our networking. Uh, everybody's amazed at Sandy and I go to so many different events. Um, to get out there and network and get to know the leads. Because if I'm going to give somebody $100,000, I really need to trust them. Yes. Um, and we were just at a dinner last night with a, a bunch of syndicators from other groups and stuff, and everybody was talking. And Lifestyles is really one of the only syndication groups that teaches their, their syndicators to operate properties. Everybody else focuses on acquisition. They teach you how to buy a property, and then you have to go learn how to operate yourself. Um, and so we look for leads that are good operators. We want them to operate the business. So that's our first cue. Our second cue is the asset. We look at all the numbers and the, the property that that lead is buying, um, figure out, you know, is this a deal that aligns with my investing goals or not? Um, just because I meet an, a lead, an operator, and they are the, my best friend and I really like them, but they're doing a deal that doesn't align with my goals, I'm not going to do that investment. The, the investment has to align with my goals. So we look for a quality asset. I agree. The third, the third cue is quality location. We need to look at where this deal is at. And, you know, is this a good location or is this a bad location? That one's pretty self-explanatory. Location, location, location is something that everybody talks about in real estate. Um, and then the fourth cue, uh, I didn't actually add this myself. Another passive told me this. Um, and hopefully Curtis Haynes will be adding this to his uh, future training. But quality debt, we've really learned, you know, right now in this time frame, that you know, the debt on the property is super important. You know, Dell's been telling us that for years, uh, but some of us kind of let that slide with quality debt. You know, those of us that got into these short-term loans, and some short-term loans are really good. The property needs that short-term loan to, to fix a problem or, you know, it's a deep value play. So not all short-term loans are bad, um, but we really need to pay attention to our debt. So our fourth cue is quality debt, quality operator, quality asset, quality location and quality debt is really important right now when we've learned that. I agree 100%. And a lot of folks, I think, get lost in the metrics of the property. They're just reviewing the numbers over and over and over. And can the rents be raised to this amount? Does the CapEx make sense? You know, the money that you're investing to make that property better, does that make sense? And, and they just get tied up in these spreadsheets and these forms. And, and yes, that's important. But I also do my very best to remind people that, hey, the lead is flying this plane, okay? And does it make sense? Is this property where the lead can get to in a, let's just say, a responsible amount of time, right? Is it 
uh, within an hour drive of where they are, or is it within seven hours of where they are? That's important to me, and that makes sense. Is it four states away from where they live? That can happen. And I'm not saying that's a bad deal. I'm just saying consider that. I mean, if things, you know, things are great until the minute they're not, and the lead needs to be on the property. So and make sure. And then, uh, Dustin, I'll tell you something that uh, has come to light with my deal that concerns me. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, this lead, uh, their uh, their experience is in B-plus, Class A-type properties within a very um, popular part of a large metroplex. And they took on a lease-up, a deep, deep value play uh, in a city that indeed is a seven-hour drive away. And so um, it's, you know, you may have a pilot that's trained in prop, fine prop planes, but now, you know, you put them behind the wheel of a jet and uh, that they're dangerous, right? They don't know necessarily what they're doing. So some notes on the lead and then location. Um, talk to me about, well, it may be a quality location, but investing in that location again, let's say you already have a certain percentage of your net worth invested in that location. Do you have thoughts on that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we are very big on diversifying our portfolio. So we don't want to put too much money in any one city. We don't want to put too much money in any one lead. You know, even if we really love this city and we love this lead, um, our our number is about 15%. We don't want to put any more than 15% of our portfolio in any one city or any one lead, um, which is really kind of it, it tells us back. There's been some leads that we've really enjoyed investing with and really like them. They're great operators, uh, but we get to that 15% number and we just have to pass on their future deals until something sells. Because we, we just, if something goes wrong, you know, you were talking about flying a plane. A lot of our leads are becoming pilots. And, you know, if something were to happen to them, they went on vacation and got hit by a bus. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, God and we have too much of our portfolio in one person and something happens to them. Mm. Somebody else is going to take over that portfolio that we have no control over who that next person, well, how they're going to run it. And so yeah. we're, we're very conservative. Um, we also don't we uh, don't put more than five percent of our portfolio in any one deal. If anything were to ever fail. You know, we if a deal just completely blows up and we lost 100% of our investment, it, it's 5%. We can live through that. Has your philosophy on cash reserves changed since you've become, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's changed from being in 10 properties to 45 properties, or has it always been the same? Um, we've always been pretty conservative on cash reserves. You know, Sandy didn't have six months of our salaries in a savings account somewhere. She thought we needed to eat nothing but beans and rice. <laughs> so uh, we, we've always she's awesome. Conservative. Yeah, Sandy. Uh, you know, I'm pretty lucky. I grew up with zero financial knowledge, and when I met Sandy, yeah. her and her father, you know, taught me everything I know about money. So I, I have to give them full credit for that. But so Sandy yeah. is very conservative, and uh, we were actually able. We're both now re- fully retired. We live on passive income since uh, the summer of 2021, and so now we keep two years worth of all of our expenses in a savings account that we don't touch. You know, it does not matter how good a deal is, you know, we've got that money sitting there. We will not invest that money. That is the emergency fund that, uh, you know, if anything happens, if our cash flow goes down to zero, which our, our cash flow is down right now, but we're still 80% of our passive deals are still cash flowing. Yeah. So we're, we're still getting cash flow. It, it's lower than what, we, what it was, but we're it's still there. Um, but if we ever get to zero cash flow, We've got two years worth of money before we have to go, you know, get new jobs or figure out how we're going to live. And uh, hopefully nothing's going to last negatively like that for two full years. 
Yeah, you can you, know, you can ride it out. Um, I come from a military family, and, and just a, a small tidbit of information here is uh, my wife's dad. My wife also comes from a military family. Um, he was a Navy pilot um, out of Eva Bay in Hawaii. Uh, but I do want to say this. Um, Sandy sounds like a, a financial staff sergeant D.I. at Paris Island, and I love it. So <laughs> just oh, yeah. thought Sandy I'd get is, there. Sandy is awesome. And another thing, going back to our four Qs, you know, our quality operator, you know, Sandy and I get out and we network and network and network. You know, we, uh, we travel all over. We were recently in Indianapolis. We just got home from Southern California meeting with other members. But part of that networking is to get to know the leads. Um, cause we'll, we'll get a deal, get two deals and one deal says it's going to be a 12% cash flow deal. And another deal says it's going to be a 4% cash flow deal. The reality is it's an, a lead that's aggressive with their numbers and a lead that's conservative with their numbers. And they're both analyzing the exact same 8% deal. And that's where you have to get to know the lead and who they are and what their personality is to know whether they're being overly conservative and they're undervaluing the deal or they're being a little aggressive and they're overvaluing the deal. And that's the networking. The only way to get that is going out and actually meeting and talking, getting to know people. That's a great point, um, because, yeah, everyone has different personalities, right? People are A's, people are B's, uh, and they take that personality and, and that personality flows through the way they analyze a deal, the way they run their business. And, yeah, the only way you get that information is asking people uh, that have invested with that person and getting to know that person a little better. So um, I would ask, how is life as a passive um, and how how do you are you able to work in the networking uh, portion of of what you're doing? It sounds like that's the most um, the busiest thing that you're doing. Yes. Passive networking is the biggest thing we do. Uh, Some people laugh. We go to as many events as we can all over central Texas. Like I said, we, uh, there was a multifamily road trip to a property in Indianapolis a few weeks ago. So we flew out there and spent a week in Indianapolis. We actually went over to Cincinnati and looked at some properties in Cincinnati. Got to know there were 60 or 70 members that came to the meetup there in Indianapolis. So we got to know all of them, which was great. Um, and then we just flew home uh, last week. We went to San Diego. There was a, a meeting of Lifestyles members in Southern California. So we flew out to San Diego and went and got to meet the Southern California members that are investing all over the country and talk to them about where they're investing and how their stuff's going. Um, and spend a week hanging out in San Diego. Uh, we go to Hawaii. We go, uh, Sandy's from Hawaii. So we go back to Hawaii at least once a year. Um, we, we travel quite a bit. We, uh, we built a home we don't need a vacation from, but we still travel around and network and get to know as many people as we can. That's fantastic. I, I get a ton of email from members that they don't want to network or they're afraid of networking. you have any advice on how people can, some, some people are natural introverts on, and how they can break that and get past that? I'm really, I am a natural introvert. So the, the networking part is my weakest point. Um, Sandy is a social butterfly and everybody loves Sandy and she goes and loves the networking. Uh, we, when I go to a networking event, I, I, it's taken me 10 years now, but I've gotten to the point where I, I go around and I talk to as many people as I can. Um, but at the end of the night, I'm exhausted. I, I feel like I just run a marathon. It's, it's, it's really not my skill set going out and networking, but it's something you really need to do. Um, and the more you do it, uh, the easier it gets. But uh, it, it definitely feels like work for me, whereas it energizes Sandy. Some people are really good, and some of us need to work a little harder. You're exactly right. 
Well, Dusty, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate your insight. For the rest of you listening out there, I want you to remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Make it a great day, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.